Oh, I should edit these too. Be all fancy. I'll add uh, little sound effects in the middle of it. Alright, welcome to another episode of Raw Popcorn. I'm Mike. I'm Bill. Chris. And I'm Ryan. And I'm still tired. I should have drank more coffee before this. So I'm going to hand it off to Bill. Uh, so I think first thing that we wanted to talk about this time around was uh, Raspberry Pi. Specifically the um, what made me think about this topic was uh, uh, Eben Moglen? Moglen? Eben, I should have remembered his name. Yeah, I should have looked this up before we started <laughs> this thing here. Uh, the, uh, the creator of the Raspberry Pi and the head of the Raspberry Pi Foundation uh, did an interview talking about sort of the future of Raspberry Pi, and amongst other things said that there wouldn't be a Raspberry Pi 4 anytime in 2020, so it would be coming after that, but that it would actually potentially be the first kind of major shift in the architecture that we've seen. Um, and he talked about a few different things in that interview that I kind of thought were interesting to bring up. Uh, but maybe before we get into those details, it would be great. Um, so I know what I've used Raspberry Pis for, and I've actually got a few here uh, at home. Um, but I'm wondering if you guys have used them too. I'm Pi curious, but I've never used um, <laughs> the Pi. I've read a lot about the Pi. <laughs> I'm just going to leave. And I think we got the title for the show. Yep. <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I don't know how to follow up after that. Um, no, I've, I've been interested in Raspberry Pi stuff, but I actually haven't used them that much. Um, obviously, there's a lot of cool embedded applications. I've seen a lot of people try to use them for, like, meshed wireless networks and stuff like that, but I haven't really done that stuff myself. Cool. Uh, I have a couple at home. I actually have a, a Pi Zero W. I actually got to snag one of those when they first came out. Um, that's running just an ad blocker called Pi Hat. Blocks all your uh, ad requests from your hookups, and then is that uh, actually bouncing through the wireless connection? Yeah. So uh, any request that goes out that is on a blacklist, it'll just it'll just kill it. So is that like? Do you set your your the rest of the hosts on your network to use that as the gateway? Mm-hmm. Is it is this similar to Pi Hole? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, it's a Pi Pi Hole. Yeah, it's Pi Hole. Okay, I, I was like Pi Hat is the actual thing that you put on the for yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Pi Hole. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Pi Hole. Pi Hole. Pi Hole. Pi Curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that, and um, yeah, I use that, and then I also have one that is just a. Little Plex media server. What's which version of the Pi is that? Uh, I think that one's a three B. Yeah. I don't think I have three B plus. Not all fancy, but we can all. You yeah. Know. But I did have the um, I I the first one I did have was the version two, mm-hmm. where they had nothing on it. <laughs> it was still cool. I, I think I just used it to watch movies mainly. Yeah. So anyone done any um, like GPIO type stuff? I've used Arduino in the past. I like that platform. 
where you can like hook up lights and sensors and things to it. Yeah, I've got an Arduino, and I did I did something similar. I couldn't ever find an actual use that I wanted to keep using it for. Yeah. But I definitely played with it, made lights blink and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I haven't done that for the Pi. Yeah. Um, but I've I've found a couple like different builds that are pretty tempting. So I have three at home. One of them um, is a white noise machine for my oh, kid's cool. bedroom. Yeah. And it's it's actually pretty impressive. I got like some ten dollar USB speakers, and uh, yeah, right. And these things have been running almost continuously for uh, two and a half years. Nice. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. And so I can uh, I've got it all set up. I should make a repo for this sometime. But essentially, um, there's a playlist. I I found some guy that did something similar. Um, he went and found a cut of. Uh, of audio from the Star Trek gener- Next Generation warp drive. So it just sort of sounds like... Yeah. Right? Uh, and it's a 24-hour cut of that. It just loops. Uh, I trimmed that down to 11 just to get the file transfer a little more reasonable. But I've got a couple other like water ones and stuff, but that's the one that seems to work the best for Rowan. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I've got some scripts that kind of let me control that remotely. But I've thought about other other tools too. Uh, I'd like to get some sort of uh, irrigation system kind of hooked off of that. Yeah. There's there's a whole group of people that have set up some some kind of crazy things that you you hook. Not servo. What's that? Solenoid. Solenoids. Yeah, you hook up solenoids to it, and and you can. Uh, control different sprinklers mm-hmm. and set them on timers and have it automatically check the weather and if it's raining like it has been in San Diego the last week it just doesn't do anything at all uh, oh that's cool yeah that's a cool use case yeah um, so I've, I've got some ideas but that would use make use of the GPIO stuff but I haven't had to use them yet yeah I did some stuff at Stack IQ I did some serial console stuff with the GPIO that was it mm-hmm. I never really got it working I saw some stuff on the other end, but nothing crazy. And I learned how to short circuit it, so reset. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, there's no power switch on Raspberry Pi, so it was my, my power switch. Instead of uh, unplugging and plugging back in the USB drive or cord drive, I would just short short it right. and then restart it. That's my use case for it. I used to do the same thing with, um, when I build uh, just desktops back in the day. Yeah. While you're in the process of building it. And you just take a screwdriver and put it across the two uh, yeah. reset pins, and short it, and restart it. That was fun. <laughs> um, the uh, so the the reason I I brought this up is um, you know the performance on the Raspberry Pi for I/O is kind of shitty. It um, if you're trying to transfer files across the uh, the USB bus. Or the Ethernet bus, those are the same thing. So essentially, oh. the Ethernet device on there is a uh, it's a USB Ethernet device that's just soldered in. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that he's kind of talking about wanting to address. It's like, how can we speed this up? How can we separate these two things? In certain cases, apparently, it's even faster to transfer uh, files over Wi-Fi than over Ethernet, which is sort of fucked up. <laughs> but... Um, one of the other things he mentioned was using um, 
USB 3 for all of the USB I.O. instead of uh, 2, which they're using right now, but not USB-C, right? So not the connector, just the, you know, the blue USB yeah. standard thing, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I like USB-C. For the, the yeah, USB-C is, is really awesome, unless it's the only thing you have, like these fucking laptops. <laughs> we can get into the MacBook rant again, but... Um, I guess that would help for a, a media center. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any problems with it. Well, that's why I didn't use it for my backup server, uh, Raspberry yeah. Pi, because they only had USB 2, and I, I hang a couple external USB 3 drives off, and I ended up just getting a Chrome box and hacking that with Linux, because hmm. solely because it had USB 3 ports, so hmm. I could run all the backups off of 2 terabyte hard disks I have hanging off of it. Do you think anyone will dethrone Raspberry Pi as like the? Well, so there's already like um, single board computers that are better yeah. in every imaginable dimension, but the it is interesting you mention that because it's like it's clearly the the one right. Yeah. It's got the best branding effort behind it's it. It's the Xerox one. of single board right. computers. I think if if the Raspberry Pi four doesn't. Uh, have a, a pretty dramatic increase. It's going to be hard to keep up over time, right? Because right now, um, I, it's funny, I can't even remember the names of the different ones. But the Banana Pie, is that one of them? Banana Pie is one of yeah. them. There's a, there's a, a couple of, of that, that didn't have such cute names. But it's a bunch of them from like China, like just random mm. Chinese. Well, that's we what made I made a little board. That's what I thought all the other ones were. They were all like these Chinese knockoffs where they just turbocharge of Raspberry Pi, basically. And no, they're completely different um, system chips. They're, yeah. So they have a different bus. They don't have that bus limitation that Pi does. Yeah. Um, does BeagleBone compete with Raspberry Pi? On the high end, I think, yeah. 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 Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if, if there's a chance that that would get knocked off it's, uh, off the pedestal. It's just kind of funny because they're like, they're hobby computers, basically, to me. But to other people, if they use them for legit shit like your right. irrigation system right so for me it's like why spend all this money improving it when the one now is, seems fine enough but you're saying there's limitations to IO yeah I mean it's it's they're kind of in a tough spot because like you don't want to bump up the processor too much because yeah. it's going to bump up the energy requirements which screws over one subset of people that want to use this thing yeah right? um I think the I.O. is probably the one thing that's the biggest deal for the current iteration, but, yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool if they had, like, an actual, like, SATA connector on it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so some of these other competing ones have that, right? Yeah. Just get a SATA disc in there. Yeah, if I had one of those, I, I would love those things so much more. All right. Um, well, yeah, so that's probably enough of that. Uh, I think the next thing... What's something you wanted to bring up? Yeah, Chromebooks. Um, I've been thinking a little bit here and there. Uh, I have a Chromebook at home that I use a lot. My kids have Chromebooks. Um, but what really uh, kind of turned me on to the idea that Chromebooks are going to be the future of <laughs> laptops um, is my kids are in elementary school, and they have these carts of Chromebooks. And every year, it seems like a couple of the classes get a cart of their own, plus they have carts that 
teachers can check out from the school library. And the kids just do everything on the Chromebooks. Um, a lot of the school district here has Google Suite, so they, the kids do slideshows and spreadsheets and docs and everything. And I'm sure the school loves it because they're really easy to support. But my thinking is that since these kids are growing up using nothing but a Chromebook, it's kind of like how Mac got in with the college kids because uh, they really focused on the student market. And now Chromebooks kind of taking that over. And I think when a lot of these kids go to college, they're just going to want Chromebooks because that's what they've used all through high school. I don't think, well, maybe even with the Linux support that's coming to Chromebook, um, maybe even like a computer science student would want one instead of a Mac or a Windows PC. But I think for most use cases, Chromebooks kind of serve the needs of everyone these days. Yeah, I don't know. So I haven't used one. Um, and for the longest time, my impression was that there was a super, super low end, like $200, $300 Chromebook laptop, and a super, super high end, like the Google Pixel, I think that's what they call it, right? Mm -hmm. Pixel C and stuff like that, which is, you know, kind of cost competitive with a MacBook in, in terms of price, but performant. Yeah. Um, and, and so the first one I got, I understand why you would have a low end thing that just did Chrome OS, right? Because it's, it's, it's a really narrow subset of things from my perspective, right? From the perspective of a typical computer user, it's like, well, you're just going to get on the web anyway and open up Gmail. Yeah. Open up, you know, a word processor. Well, it comes with Google Docs. Easy to get to. Um, you can watch YouTube videos? Yeah. Presumably you can watch YouTube videos. Netflix, YouTube. Dude, that's like everything. Yeah. yeah. Um... On the high end, I was like, why the hell would anyone want one of these things? I don't, like, as a developer, I don't live my life in a web browser. It's there. Yeah. It's a, a very important part of my workflow, but, like, I don't I don't want a machine that I can't get to the terminal in very easily. And for a long time, you couldn't. You, you could dual it's, boot it's got a It's got a good uh, secure shell uh, program that I use a lot. Um, with the Linux support, though, that's what the Linux support essentially is that they're rolling out. And um, I just got a Chromebook, a couple Chromebooks for my kids as a Valentine's Day present. They were on sale at Costco for 200 bucks. They're decent, and they came with Linux support. And I was playing around with that last night. And it's, it installs a Linux container that's running, I think, Debian, or Google's version of Debian under the hood. And that's what it installs as a terminal, and you can app get, install whatever you want. So you can so, run Inkscape on it. For yes. Example. So now you've got a Linux <laughs> desktop. This is important to me. <laughs> this is my use case. Mike. If it can't fucking run Inkscape, yeah. I don't want it. Yeah, it's bullshit if it can't run Inkscape. <laughs> and so um, you know, that's when it really triggered... This episode brought to you by Inkscape. <laughs> that's when it triggered that, well, maybe this would be good enough for a development, a really cheap development laptop. If I could run, you know, get to a shell and run Git and run... Code, VS Code and run GIMP and all the stuff I need and when most of the time I'm just living in Chrome I, I, I am a Firefox user and that's, that took a little while to get used to but Chrome's not really that different from Firefox these days and um, you know it seems Some like just better. I do like that <laughs> that uh, they're constantly updated so mm. every three weeks I get a new version of the OS that just magically works I, reboot it and I got the new of everything. They've got shit for storage space, right? 
it's getting a lot better. The one I have that's a $500 model. Yeah, that's the mid model that I yeah. hadn't heard of before. Talking it's about got 64 gigs of space, so it's pretty good sized. Oh, uh, that's, 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 high, that's high rolling right there. Yeah. Well, everything lives in Drive, though, Google Drive. And that's oh. another really nice thing about Google is if you buy into the whole ecosystem. I don't want it. <laughs> it's transparent in the file, file manager. So your Drive just looks like you're navigating through a file manager and opening up... Hmm. Uh, Opening up uh, file files and Until your images and activity. Correct. You need to know. <laughs> uh, though it does have smart caching, so it'll actually cache some of your drive stuff onto it. So and it's all relatively uh, transparent. Which is my cool. slash home slash b sanders slash dot ssh is that in drive too? Is the whole OS in there? Not the OS. No, it the home lives, directory. The home directory. You don't have a home directory. You have a Everything right now, everything lives in your downloads folder, which sucks. They're adding the ability, which isn't out quite yet, except in the beta channel. But you can create new folders in your home directory, and those all live on the laptop. Are you kidding? But most of the stuff folders? you do, you just store it natively in Drive. And when you open it up, you can start editing it, and then you close it. But where does the storage for the Linux stuff live? Oh, for the container stuff? I haven't played around with it that much, but I believe yeah. that lives on the internal Drive. And, um, you know, and, and they are getting bigger and bigger. Like, my kids' ones came with 64 gigabytes of space, and they're just $200 models. Mm -hmm. And they had 4 gigs of RAM. And so you're seeing that the mid-level now are including 8 gigs of RAM, and most of them now come with 128 gigs of SSD storage. So That's a, it's pretty good. That would be about baseline for me to yeah. be usable. Yeah, I don't think it would... It's not my yeah. primary... It, development machine I have a giant 17 inch Dell that's essentially a server with a screen strapped to it <laughs> and, um, it's like one of those Ghostbuster things you have to like yeah. <laughs> uh, I was hauling it to the couch the other day I'm like I'm never going to unplug this thing again it's just going to live in my office because it's way too heavy but um, does it have Chrome Brew? no <laughs> Chrome Brew? Yeah. Yeah. shut the fuck up <laughs> Chrome Brew. Yeah, Chrome Brew install, man. <laughs> yeah. Chrome Brew install Inkscape? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. But anyways, I, my feeling is, and I t could be totally wrong, that I think a Chromebook is going to fit the needs of most casual computer users. Mm. So that, I, I see that taking over the computing market. That I could easily so. see, and if is if it's really penetrating like the schools, and they're heavily all using them, and people get used to it, People want to stick with the familiar thing, right? And yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's just a smartphone, or it's just a computer. I don't really care. As long as it's familiar interface to me and it works, I'll no. buy into the Google ecosystem. And that brings up another interesting thing with the Chromebooks is most of them, all, I think all of them now nowadays coming out, support Android natively. And so you can install any Android app you want. And that really opens up the type of things you can do on so it. So I've, I've heard about that too, and I've wondered, what the fuck Android app would you want to see on a laptop? I, think I use uh, the Amazon Kindle reader. It's really nice. It works really good on my laptop. Okay. Especially since I have the one that can fold into like a giant 10-inch tablet. So I do read like O'Reilly books on that. You mean really you don't want a Snapchat from your Chromebook, <laughs> Bill? I use um, the Simple Note, which is a note-taking program. I use its <laughs> Android app version that's nice. Um, you know, you can use the Netflix 
uh, Android app works great on it, though I just use the website. Yeah. So for most of the things, I just use the website because that's what I'm comfortable that's with. That's what I'm thinking. Like every app I use is actually just a website. Well, everything's moving to that whole progressive web app bullshit. So yeah. but if there were, I, I it just means they're that's making my insurance company. I mean, really, it'd be like what people um, use the app store for most for their phones and their tablets is going to be games, casual gaming, and mm. so you. I'm sure my kids are going to have, by the end of today when I go home, maybe they might have like 30, 40 stupid games installed and proxy blocks. And, yeah. internal disk is exactly. fucking full. Yeah. You're not um, doing any JavaScript development on that thing. No, yeah. You slack, forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing would die. It just lights on fire. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. I, I, think, um, I think it could... It could definitely be big. It's it's hard to compete with Mac for the store the status symbol kind of mm-hmm. thing. I think that's it's such a known brand, um, but it would be interesting. My dad's school uh, he's a network admin for a school district, and that district um, uses Chromebooks and iPads. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if it, how they vary it, but always complains about the iPads being a pain in the ass to administer. Yeah, and the Google tools, well, like you're kind of a it's a little more DIY. Like, you've got to dig in a little bit and maybe do some programming to get it to be easy to add in. Mm-hmm. But that capability is there, and the iPads, it's just... Yeah. It's really cool with the kids. They uh, Every student in Poway School District has their own login. That's a school email address and password for their school account, that the classroom, all your docs and everything you're working in the classroom live in. Mm-hmm. And the kids can come home on their Chromebook, log in with the same account, and it's just the same as if they were in the school oh, using their school Chromebooks. So it's identical. They have all their documents they're working on. It's even got the Poway School District background and everything, even though it's our personal home. I mean, you, that's you, interesting. You buy into the ecosystem, you get that. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the that's the appeal. And that that's why... I, I think, personally, that's why Macs are a thing. It's because people who buy into the ecosystem go, well, it just works for me, TM... Right. If I want to keep all your shit in iTunes and yeah. an iPhone. And if you have all your stuff in Google Drive or all your stuff in Google yeah. Docs, you're not going to want to migrate it. Until they have a shit ton of people on these fucking Chromebooks and they're like, eh, we're going to start charging for storage. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so this, it uses the storage for your Google account, right? For your, yeah. Your and so, so 15 gigs or something. 15 gigs. It comes with two years of 100 gigs. Which is nice, mm. um, but yeah, I'll, I'll so run up on my free day seven hundred. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we'll see what happens then. But um. yeah. All right. Um, I think I think that's everything we had to talk about today. Anybody else have anything they wanted to shout out to? Did you want to go around and say um, what crazy ass shit you've been up to? Yeah. I don't have anything crazy this week. No, I'm just kidding. I've been messing around with. Um, no, no. Actually, mine is. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I just finished season one. I love it. It's a great show. Great show. I watched both seasons. And hilarious. Have you seen it? I have seen some of it, yeah. Not not a ton. My wife actually watched both seasons and, and loved it. Oh, no. And the second season, I think, was even funnier than the first. Mm-hmm. What she said. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I fucking love it. Yeah. I can't... I can't wait to go home and watch it. Since my uh, laptop died, I had a lot of time to... Uh... Is it dead dead? No. So I got my hard drive cable last night, and I replaced it. Hard drive cable. 
Yeah, I had to go in. Inside the guts of the MacBook? Inside the oh. guts of the Mac. I actually had to open it up, take everything out, and I was really scared because I had never done anything like that before. Literally pulling stuff off the board, try to get in there. These kids these days, never taking apart a computer. I have taken apart a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> <laughs> I opened the case once. No, yeah, that's mine, Mrs. Maisel. I'm trying to remember mine. Let's skip me for now. Let's let's jump. So, uh, more adventures in Terraria. Nice. Uh, helped my wife kill crazy plant boss, and now she's running around on like an alien laser eye mount thing that like just shoots at enemies while you're riding around with these crazy laser eyes. And she's got a rainbow gun. Shoots a rainbow. Shoots rainbows? Okay. It shoots rainbows. Like out of her butt? No, not out of her butt. Out of a gun. <laughs> and she can just like, oh, shoot a rainbow. Taste the rainbow, motherfuckers. And... <laughs> <laughs> Strict competition for the, the name of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. It's, you know, that... That little 2D game has grown so much what's since it, I last played it. I, I, what's it called? Terraria. Terraria. I might actually go home and look for this thing. It's it's on Steam. It's probably like five or ten bucks. Okay. Have you heard of Starbound? The people who went and tried to make Starbound and failed, like they made Terraria. But no. It's a lot of fun. Uh, last weekend, I took my kids to the movies, and we saw the kid who would be king. It's kind of a kind of a modern spin on the King Arthur tale. This uh, British kid. Oh, I did see that. Uh, finds Excalibur and he has to save Britain and him and his buddies defeat a uh, you know evil demon trying to take over Britain. But it was really well done. We all enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's got a great rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like eighty eight percent or something. Hmm. So did he stop Brexit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> He saved Britain from the demons, but uh, I don't so, know if they're part of the European Union. So, yes, so, or no. <laughs> uh, so if you're looking for a movie to see, it's a good one. Um, so I actually went... I'm remembering a couple things now that I want to talk about. So uh, I went to Belbo Park. So we're here in, in San Diego. Um, and Belbo Park is kind of a nice big park down in downtown area. And we went up the California Tower, which is a tower in one of the museums that had been closed for 60 years. It reopened a couple of years ago. And you can go up there and kind of check stuff out. Awesome views of, um, 360 views of, of the city, and, you know, you can see all the way past into East County and down into Tijuana. Uh, it's really awesome. They're going to close it again starting at the end of this weekend, so if anybody's... Oh, you lied to me. You said it was last weekend. No, I said this weekend. Mm. No. This weekend? This weekend they're closing. So I think this weekend is the last chance you get... For six months to a year, they said, for seismic retrofitting. Um, so I wanted to mention that. But also, um, on another note, so we've got chickens, my wife and I, and we actually started getting our first eggs this this week. So uh, exciting. So we've got some green eggs and some giant-ass brown eggs. It's pretty fun. I need a pig. <laughs> green eggs and ham. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were going to get, uh, we were, at one point we were talking about getting bees. To start with. What were the names um, of your chickens? They were going to be uh, Filet, Tender, and Nugget. Yeah. But uh, that was vetoed. That was vetoed. So we I'm sorry. Named them something else. Those are great names. Yeah. Well, if you get a pig, 
You have to name it Chris P. Bacon. Chris P. Bacon? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I will make the plug for that. Yeah. Should that day ever come. <laughs> Anyways, I think, uh, I think that's everything. So uh, this was uh, Rob Popcorn. Peace. Peace.